Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If you have questions and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. What time is it? Showtime. hey That was the weirdest intro. I allow you to do one thing. Uh, you threw it on me. Welcome, everybody. I'm Jimmy, and you're listening to Paradox. I'm Josh. And today we're talking about how parents... Good parents, great parents, developmentally change over time. Uh, we change like our kids change. We talk all the time about how kids developmentally change, how physically they change and spiritually and psychologically and academically. But parents change as well, or at least we should they have to sure. change as well. Um, I had a um, uh, a young man come in with his mother and kind of said, okay, okay. You know, she kind of signed the little confidentiality thing. And so I said, I said, okay, mom, you are not needed. Uh, see you soon. And so she turns to her son and she says, now, okay, now you can see that Dr. Jimmy is a nice man. So you can talk to him. Okay. So if you need me, mommy will be right outside. Okay. But you just you just talk to Dr. Jimmy, and I think you're going to be fine. Well, and then she leaves. He, Jimmy, or whatever his name was, he, he was 17 years old. I had a mom of a 13-year-old boy right before we started the first session, just meeting them. Where's y'all's restroom? And I was like, ah, down the hall, second door on your left. Down the hall, like 30 yards. She looks at me. Is it safe? 13-year-old boy. <laughs> Safe? He's going to be 30 yards. I said, that's, a, that's not a question I can really answer for you. If he's going to be safe in your eyes. I mean, it, I've never had an issue in 10 years, but no wonder um, the kid was in for anxiety and the mom was highly anxious. Uh, yeah. But the opposite is also true, right? I mean, give an example of a failure to launch I and could, just someone keeping them in their house. I remember when you, all 240 pound defensive lineman of you in high school or yeah, probably like a freshman or something like that. And your mom went, well, I don't want to go in there. I mean, what if someone snatched him? I went, Oh, Oh, please. I need to know that I would pay. I would pay. I'd buy tickets to watch someone try to snatch Josh first. <laughs> it would, they would require a very fast forklift if they were going to snatch him. You, we just talked about you body shaming me. I'm a couple sorry. of sessions ago. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, and I wasn't 240 as a freshman. I was 225. Oh. Thank you. Oh. I was a skinny slim mini. Yeah. 225. <laughs> I remember, yeah, again, and I may have shared this, but we took him for, um, to start peewee football. And I we think you just mentioned it like this at, or, uh, the one before. Yeah. An episode okay, one or two. I won't before. tell you again, but boy, that was funny. <laughs> okay. 
But the, we gave examples of like sheltering kids. Yes. Those parents were that those moms were parenting their teenagers like they were three and four. But the opposite is also true. You, you know, you have parents that are just completely out to lunch that allow their you know, six-year-old or whatever to stay home and do everything on their own. And it's, that's not healthy either. Correct. So define for us the problem, if you will. Yeah. So there's a, there's a continuum with which we, we need to parent. And I love that word. You're going to keep working it in. I'll try to say continuum as much as possible. And this is a a Jimbo-ism, although he probably heard it from someone smarter, but now I've adopted it as my own. There's a continuum that states, you know, when they're my kid's age, you know, four and two, you're supposed to be their boss. So you tell them what to do, when to do it. Direct supervisor. Absolutely. They don't really, they might have a small say in a situation, but you get your way. They might have a say, but you get your way. What? T-shirt. But when they reach out to excuse me, copyright. TM. When they reach adolescence, you need to be much more manager. So you give them parameters. We love a contract, or sometimes I have them called a job description in the home for your teen. You give them parameters, but you give them freedom within that those boundaries and then punish them if they step outside of them. Mm-hmm. But once they reach college and certainly beyond, you're much more of a consultant where you really only speak when spoken to. So it's when this, asked to contribute an opinion. Yep. So it's this boss, then this manager, uh, consultant role that, that we love to kind of describe for parents. And the problem when we don't do that, um, and we've kind of mentioned it already, but you can give too much responsibility too soon and can fill a kid with anxiety, can f- fill or fill a kid with a lot of hurt in adulthood. I have 20s and 30-somethings that will tell me I wish my parents cared enough to give me parameters. Everyone um, thinks I have the cool parents. Yeah. you know, They when, just don't care. Exactly. And so it can fill a child with a lot of hurt if we're too loosey-goosey. And then the opposite, if we don't give them enough responsibility too late, it can then just emotionally cripple them like we talked about the Snowflake episode last week. Was I loosey-goosey? Remember when you asked me, I think I've shared on the show, you asked me how about you were as a, goosey? No, as you were as a parent. Oh, well, you told about me as a sport parent that I was lazy. And that was just as a parent. Okay. Well, it does bleed <laughs> over. It, uh, okay. But no, as far as expectations, you were more loosey-goosey than I, with me well, than, yes. than with the girls. Well, yes, because that's another thing. You're talking about parent. And I'm not saying this is right. It's just true. It's just it, it was true in my life, and it tends to be true is when a dad has a boy, you prepare him. When a dad has a girl, you protect her. So you protect girls, you prepare boys. Because I remember, Josh, you hold the door for ladies. Get that door for your mom. You know, carry that. You're preparing, you're teaching what it is. But it's, it's protecting your, your daughters. So, but you also, like, I was just a good kid, so you never really looked my way. Correct. You've been quoted in saying I could have been running a prostitution ring out of our basement. I said a brothel. And you, and you would have thought I'd been running Sunday school classes. <laughs> yes. Uh, a women's Bible study. But yes, <laughs> because it was sort of one of those things where you had earned yeah, exactly. that kind of trust. Yeah. And I use that as an example with talking to, to kids all the time. It's like, it's like Josh didn't even have a parent. But all of y'all, to some degree, growing up, okay, you've got to be in by 10 o'clock. You'd come in at 9.30. I mean, it just none of y'all really pushed boundaries with us. And so you did earn that kind of trust. So 
as and I, we've touched on it before, and again, if you listen to us regularly, we're going to repeat a lot of things because it's the greatest form of learning. Parenting is an not just that we're ignorant and yeah. have very little <laughs> yeah. information. We to got share. about three clubs in our bag. <laughs> Parenting is this 18-year process of de-parenting, where you go from total and absolute control. You are wiping the poop off of their hineys and literally shoving food down their gullet. Total control. Two, they leave the house for college or whatever, and a quasi-adult, and you wave goodbye. I do this thing with JJ when I wipe his poop off his booty. I do, woo, stinky, 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 stinky. And so now he's started. I, when I put him on the changing paper, ooh. <laughs> That's <laughs> he's weird. cute kid. But I say that when you walk in a room. <laughs> oh, and see, y'all think that was a joke. It was not a joke. No, no. It was not a so. joke whatsoever. I, did, I forgot where I got that then. We go from total control to relatively none. And that is, that's a dance. That's an art form. Some parents do it effortlessly, effervescently. They do it easily. <laughs> and then other pa- parents, eh, not so much. They They kind of are dragged behind kicking and screaming, changing their parenting. So the solution to this is, first of all, as parents, we have to understand the, the not just changing our parental style and adapting, not that it's just a good idea, it's imperative. We must change. We must adapt to where our kids are, or everything we do parentally is going to be so inappropriate, i.e., you talk to the nice doctor, I'll be outside. This kid could actually join the army and go to Afghanistan. So, Mom, I think he's cool sitting on the other side of the door from you. So first, embracing that we absolutely have this imperative that we change and adapt. And with the parents that struggle, so if you hear that and you're like, man, I, I, I struggle with that, that's a hard thing for me, you have to look introspectively. Because ultimately, if you have a hard time with this continuum, mm-hmm. well, thank you, if you have a hard time with this continuum, um, I think it's coming out of your own insecurities, your own hurts, your own anxieties, and all that's going to do, if you don't follow this continuum, it's just, just for your children, the next generation, it's just passing on to them hurts. The and continuum it, continues, <laughs> is what you're saying. The, it's the a continuing continuum. continuum. <laughs> uh, you're just passing it on to the next generation. And so you have doing your own self-work to figure it out, your own insecurities and anxieties and why you struggle with this is important. And I'm going to co- mention a couple of things that coincide with... Uh, one of, no, I think I can say this, one of the greatest books ever written on parenting. It's called Fearless Parenting that is available in July of this year from wherever bookstores sell books. Who wrote that again? Well, me. Um, I thought was, that was just a George Barnum Yeah, book. there was another guy, but basically I wrote the entire book and he wrote my coattails. But we talk, part of fearless parenting is this idea that we do have to morph. When it's little, yes, we are protective. But then we morph from protective, we're not going to let them make a mistake, to we're preparing them to go out and make mistakes. Josh, you and I have kicked this back several times, but 
We can sometimes, as parents, our expectation for our children is perfection. And the better your kid is, the higher the expectations become for them. Until really, I mean, we look at them and we're aghast if they do anything wrong. And it's like, I'm not thinking as parents we're holding ourselves to that same expectation. So we move from protective to preparing them, getting them ready to then go out and live. And then in another way of saying that, it's, it's we move from preventative parenting where we don't let them make a mistake to consequential, where now our job is not to prevent them. Of course, we're going to maintain normal, appropriate, healthy boundaries, but we let them go and they make good decisions and they make bad decisions. And when they stumble and fall, we reel them back in. We give them consequences to learn, but then we let them back out again. We let them go and make choices, knowing full well they could make bad choices. Because part of growing up, part of learning is making bad choices and then saying, oh, wow, note to self, don't want to do that again. Because again, it's, it's fruitless if we just keep them locked behind these high walls of our Christian home and we don't ever let them make a mistake. Uh, that's not preparing them for the day that they leave. And you see this a lot. You see these kids that many times are either homeschooled or they go to a Christian school and it's just so tight that then they get off to college and they just go ape poop. Have you ever seen a kid go ahead and poop, Josh? Mm-mm. Well, it's not pretty. It's pretty bad. Oh, it is. All over the walls. All over. Mm. And then they pick it up and they throw it at you. Mm. <laughs> so it's important for us. And, you, you know, it, I'm a firm believer in when a kid reaches that last semester of their senior year, you know, that spring semester, that I'm a huge proponent of taking everything off. No curfew. Uh, no grades. You didn't do that for us. Yes, you did. Mm-mm. Oh, yes, we did. No, no, no. Oh, but you never I did I never it. had a curfew. Why? Well, okay. That's true. <laughs> your sister Seriously, did well, you did that? Mm-hmm. Uh, junior year, it was 11. I remember senior year, 12. Up until Christmas. Really? Is that why I never got in trouble for it? I never remember making the curfew. Yeah. Huh. Oh, yeah. I, I went to sleep like at 8. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But we had the wooden floors that creaked. <laughs> and there... <laughs> it was like an alarm system. Yes, mom yes. would always... Josh, you home? <laughs> but yes, because I, I wanted y'all to breathe free. Sure. Experience that when you're here, not when you're hundreds of miles away from home. You know, if, if you think that you can make grades and stay up all night, you know, or whatever, okay... But I didn't want you guys to get off to college and just, wee-haw, you know, now that we're just going to go crazy. Uh, I wanted you to experience that, that freedom, um, especially when you're going to be doing it in just a matter of weeks anyway. Ultimately, maybe some practical stuff. So when they're pre-kindergarten, like my kids, they might want to say, because some kids do, but ultimately you direct your directives rule the day. Man, I've met some parents that like every child gets a different meal for dinner. It's like, no, 
and you you make your own meal, and maybe they get more broccoli than you know carrots. Maybe that's the say they get, but they don't ultimately get to call their shots on everything. But what was it, Dobson? You know, he said, "You win the battles lovingly, but you win." Yeah, absolutely. So, um, my daughter, you know, I if just it's, quoted Dobson again. <laughs> if it's bedtime, you know, she might not like the pajamas I chose, and I'm cool losing that battle, right? Okay, pick your PJs, but you're going to bed right now. And so, your directives rule the day when it's pre-kindergarten. But, you, you know, you might give them some say. Tim Kimmel in his Grace-Based Parenting um, has a great section on that very thing. Once they reach that middle school, high school time, again, your manager. So set them a job description, pick five to seven basic things, make them very clear, get your two to three consequences out there, and then punish when they step outside of those, those expectations. And then, Jimbo, you, again, have now quoted you twice here. Yes. Thank you you very much. You were famous in saying when we were in college, it was, don't get in trouble with the law, make your grades with your scholarships, and then outside of that, I just assumed you were helping little old ladies across the road, serving the homeless. Yes, all day, every day. So you you just, it's just hands off. It's make the grades for your scholarships. And I'm telling you, that's where you tend to see it, these parents that can't, can't Let let go. I've had more than one, but the one I remember, she said, you know, this person you're dating, they were going to, this, people were going to Baylor. He's bad for you, and I insist that you break up. Therefore, this mom would drive from Austin to Waco no way. with, wait for it, binoculars. <laughs> and she would stake out the dorm. Uh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> I've done that with a few girls myself. <laughs> I know, but you were arrested and you paid your time. But she just couldn't let go of that. You know what? Make your grades. Don't get arrested. And I don't want to know. There comes a time. You don't need to know. It's only increasing your parental anxiety. Yes. There comes a time. This kid has got to work it out. And you, if you can't let go when they leave your house, physically leave your house, we're in deep kimchi. And also one other thing, um, letting go and spying on your kids, that whole grade assist thing where you get emails for homework assignments. Oh Lord. Do parents obsess over that? It's not worth it. (laughs) It's like people for centuries have gotten along without having access to every homework assignment. But what I will tell you is especially, you know, maybe junior high, keep up with it. But what you do, especially when they hit secondary school, like for junior high, you say, okay, every three-week progress report, exactly. you've got to have nothing less than a B or Not whatever your standard is in your day. home. Yep. But so I don't care how you do it, when you do it. It's just come that uh, reporting period you better not have anything less than a B or whatever. And when they get older, then it's report card. Buddy, you can turn all your missing work in the night before. I, I don't care. It's just at that reporting period, it's got to be no less than a B or whatever, or this is going to occur. It's your call. If you want to go the next six weeks without a phone or any electronics, Roll the dice, buddy. It's not my call. Yep. But letting them make that choice and your job is not to prevent them, i.e. keeping up with every grade and coming down on them like a ton of bricks. Correct. 
but let them manage it. Let them learn to manage it. And if they don't, it's going to cost them. And if it costs them enough, they're going to start to manage it. Jimbo, good show today. Uh, yeah, I, I made a mess. I dripped so much wisdom. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Yeah, oh, it's, it's all it's over the place, ugly. isn't it? Just like the feces on the wall we talked about. Um, guys, <laughs> uh, we appreciate you joining us today. Um, if you want more information about this show, and also if you want more steps in how to accomplish this, it's on our show notes. Go to paradoxpodcast.com, click on the episode tab, and then find this episode. Uh, if you want to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And y'all will want to do that. With the show or individually, it's Paradox Podcast yeah, as well. Yeah, and we don't give you the exact things anymore because we were told how boring that is. So please, go to ParadoxPodcast.com and follow us. Please. All right, guys. I want people following me. <laughs> Have a good rest of your day. See ya. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. and researched by Dr. Jimmy and Dr. Josh Myers. For more information about our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescarr.com. If you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to paradoxpodcast.com. Next time on Paradox. You know, you guys, I I think it's a real big issue for people helpers. I, I think those of us who feel called by God often struggle with boundaries. And there often is a point where helping other people can be uh, become really adverse or hurtful to us.